there everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Street podcast episode 81. Game of Thrones is not the only thing from the north returning this week because we are back as well. Joining me today, well I'm Dan Murphy and joining me is Mr Chris Manning as always. How are you Chris? Fine thanks Dan, I do look forward to your introductions by the way. They're always very uh, very clever and well thought out. Apart from consistent that one. or trying to be topical and often always fucked up in some way. Mm. Like just I like taken. it. But yeah, I had to keep it. You know, Game of Thrones is back. It's very good. Have you seen it yet, Chris? Do you even I'm a year it? behind. Yeah. I, I have watched them. I have watched them all. Um, but I'm a year behind since having the little end. I've just not had enough time really to uh, to devote to catching up. So I will watch it eventually. But yeah, I'm 12 months behind. I've not even seen the previous series yet. Mm-hmm. And also joining me is Eddie Skelly. I don't know if, how adverse he is in Game of Thrones, but he's very adverse in Bolton. And I don't know the last time he was on the podcast, Eddie, but it's, happy, it's good to have you on here today. Yeah, it's nice to be back. It's been about two years, I think. Fucking hell, we should have got you on earlier. What's, what's, what's happened there? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, you're back on now, and how, how are you, man? I'm not too bad. You've been uh, gallivanting on pre-season Bolton tours, and that's where we'll start today. Bolton went up to Scotland on the weekend. They took... Oh, I've just thought of something else we could talk about later. Another certain um, departure from the team to do with Scotland. But um, yeah, this first team squad went up to Scotland. A few of the kids, you know, some of the newcomers, uh, your Halls, your Brock Banks, your Whites of the World all went up there. Alex Perry um, wasn't included, funnily enough, was kind of the main absentee. But they went up there and they played two friendlies amongst training and whatnot. They played Arbroath on Tuesday, which none of us was at, so we'll have to kind of keep that one simple. It was... A Lafondra penalty, I believe, in this game it was. Yep, yeah. and then an own goal. And if I'm, I was at Dundee. I'm pretty sure that was our broth, if I'm not mistaken. Help. No idea. Come on, idea. I'm, I'm relying on you here. I think yeah, that was our broth. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Does the Bolton, the new Bolton website is completely hopeless. It doesn't have any information on who scored what, any like stats like the old one did. It's quite crap. But what can you do? Oh, no. Load of crap. Anyway, yeah, we had that, but we had also had the Dundee game, and instead of me kind of fuck up what we're actually talking about, I'll let Eddie take the fall, because he went up to sunny Dundee and watched the game. So, Eddie, what do you reckon? I mean, they played uh, quite good, to be honest, for a pre-season friendly. I went to the uh, Charlie game, uh, the first pre-season, and they kind of looked a little bit lacklustre. It was the first pre-season friendly. They were kind of a bit off the pace, but it was the third game. Um, it was a really strong 11 that Parkinson started with. Probably, mm. maybe the starting 11 that start that will start against Leeds. Depending on what formation it goes for, I definitely can see that. I mean, the, obviously the sticking point is only one striker, and that striker being Medina, especially since we have Lafondre and you know a new signing that we made today. Mm-hmm. But it was so beneficial for the first half of last season, the 4-2-3-1, that he might stick with that for the Leeds game possibly. But it was a really strong team. You had. Uh, uh, only in that, and then you had a back four of Derby, Wheater, Beavers, and Taylor. You had uh, Karachan and Prattley and Vela in midfield with Buckley on the right, or no, on the left, Amiobi on the right, and Bedin up front. And they were really, really strong for the first half and completely played uh, Dundee off the park. And they were ahead, I think, about 20 minutes in. Beavers played a, a free ball over the top from like 80 yards. Fantastic, and uh, Medine somehow got touched it down and put it straight past the keeper. It was probably the best finish I've seen him do for a long time. Doing it when his counts. Yeah, exactly. Do you uh, mean it? I I hope so. Yeah. I'm only kidding, Gary. I love you, really. Text me. 
And then about 10 minutes later, um, the ball, I think Medine played Villa through, and then he smashed it into the bottom corner, which was a really good goal from him. And then they were coasting, really, up until half-time, and then obviously it's pre-season, so they kind of put the, took the foot off the gas a little bit, made some changes, and uh, allowed Dundee to come back into it. And uh, some of the second-half plays weren't up to a sc- uh, scratch compared to the first half, so um, Medine went off for Tabakovic, and Tabakovic, I don't think he's going to get a deal. He would. He just looks slow and lethargic, and uh, doesn't win him any headers. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm tempted to tempted to say something there, but I won't. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only player second half that was better than the first was Howard in net compared to Anik okay. because he had a lot more to do. He made a lot of saves, apparently, as well. Yeah, a couple of stunning saves. One of them, he, he got a fingertip on that when he just got it over the bar, and then another one uh, that the I can't remember what the name of the striker was, but he should have finished it from like four yards out and. Howard somehow did like a little double save and pushed it away. So overall, it was a I'd say it was a really good performance, and it's it's a step in the right direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, we had obviously, obviously, I said some new signings on the show. There was Will Buckley, Amiobi's back, Amio back, uh, Derby was on show, um, a few others. So how did the new signings and the young lads who came in the second half? Obviously, the young lads weren't as kind of dominant as the uh, the first team, but. It was all the pretty much all the young lads on the same team. So how did the kind of at first how did the new signings how did the new signings do? Um, Derby was Stephen Derby was solid enough. He did what he had to do. Um, Will Buckley looked all right, but I think it's the first time he's played uh, on the left wing with Bolton. So um, I can see that maybe being beneficial cutting in on his right, like um, Amiobi cutting in on his left and the right wing. Um, Amiobi. Looked a little bit off the pace, but I think it's his first pre-season game and he only had 45 minutes. But he showed some really nice touches, mm-hmm. which was nice to see. Um, the young lads did all right. Connor Hall, I think, was the most impressive one for me, who came on in the second half. Because uh, the striker, his, his movement was really good and he uh, he almost scored. Um, I, for some reason, LaFondra was playing on uh, the right side of midfield late on and he put a fantastic ball in which Hall was like millimetres away from. So that was... And Brockbank did all right, to be fair. Um, but everyone else was kind of middling. Okay, so it's all, it's I've it's got, all pre-season. Go on, Chris, what are you saying? I've, yeah, I've got a theory about that for Lafondre. I think uh, I think he might start the season there with Marais being injured and uh, Amirobi coming into... Only coming to the, the team, sort of not even half fit. I've got a funny feeling he might try... might play one up front against Leeds and have Lafondre wide... I think that would be. He uh, does have a good ball on him. Yeah, I don't think we'll. Fast, yeah. I don't. I don't think we'll play with two up front against Leeds. Mm, it's really be interesting, and we can only kind of judge that when the season mm. approaches. But well, okay, we'll take a little detour from Scotland. Also joining us tonight, who I rudely started without him, is Mister Will Jones. Will, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Sorry, I was late. <laughs> oh, that's no worries. I completely forgot you were joining us. I just steamrolled ahead, but we're all here now. We can all. Delve into mobile and wondrous traffic. The most important thing we can all get from these preseason friendlies, Chris, is the kit numbers. And from what mm. I can see on the official picture, uh, we've got Amiobi as ten, Buckley as eleven, Karakan as eight. And from what else I've heard, we've got what Taylor is number three. Good, Darby's number two, I think. And what el- what else have we got? Uh, Darby. Uh, Darby was twenty six. Oh, was it? It was little two. Little's number two. Yeah, and Armstrong, I'm readily informed, will be number thirty nine. Presumably, that's uh, that's a, a homage to Nicholas and Elka's time at Bolton. I was thinking Calvary Fadiga. 
or Adam LaFondra, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, kit numbers, yeah, the, the, the scourge of some and the, the joy of others. It's uh, I always find it very interesting. I'm a bit sad that Namiobi being number ten. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe that's because I'm sad and, and that sort of thing. I'd uh, rather have speak, Taylor been fucked to off me a little bit. To like forty-two, and then Buckley had seven, Amiobi had eleven. Yeah. Mm. I suppose it's not it's not Abdulli Mate being uh, what was it was he number ten that time? Was that I think it was yeah, oh, yeah, was he something it was something stupid like that for the first couple of weeks of the season until we sold him. I'm sure they did they gave him some daft squad number. Oh, yeah, um but no, it's that time of year again, isn't it, where Liam tells us how sad we are for talking about it and we tell Liam to piss off. Yeah, I think it's it definitely I think I I think it should be done. I hope Derby gets a better one, like number twenty three, take the Laurie Wilson number. But apart from that I think we're doing alright thus far on the number front. I think t- uh, Armstrong, 39, if that is true. Not a bad number for a striker. Uh, as I said, Anelka, a few others down the years have had that number. But, yeah, are we happy with the numbers, Will? <laughs> what a talk. Yeah. Um, I might have given someone seven and, you know, moved Chris Taylor out. Yeah. You know, maybe give me Amiobi 11. But, um, might. Yeah, he might, he might turf him out, but I doubt it. Only time will tell. But yeah, um, how was Dundee as a ground to visit, Eddie? Yeah, it was old, like kind of like um, I imagine what Burnham Park used to be. Anyway, it was a bit run down. Um, and the weird thing is, as well, Dundee United's ground is like a minute walk down the road. Oh yeah, it's like thirty seconds away, isn't it? It's like the closest down yeah. ever. It's literally like the share a car park, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's mad. You can literally see onto like into the ground from as you're going into Dundee's ground, which is just crazy. Yeah, I, I think I've ever seen that on Sacquayam once when like uh, that mad Cockney guy just goes to away grounds and just says it's something. Spanish <laughs> <laughs> YouTuber, Walton Spanish YouTuber, don't you dare this our social media age, Christopher. Respect to Thugden. <laughs> yeah, that's like the last two friends I've got. Bolton play against Flyde to on Tuesday. Fyled, fyled, man, Flyde. What was the time? I, I always said a word wrong and never realised. It might have been. Oh, it's how I oh. spelled etc. I always spelled etc. wrong and I never realised for years. Who'd have thought I'd be fucking a journalism student? But hey ho. Bolton, you know, a, a all successful starts pre-season. We've not had one of them in the time, and hopefully it can be a. Kind of, I kind of promise of things to come, even though, as we all know, pre season means nothing. But on to uh, January dealings. As we've said, Bolton have re signed Amiobi. Will thoughts, even though we may well have gone over this last time. But give us your thoughts again. Amiobi, I'm a big fan of Amiobi, and I know Chris might disagree with me here, but he's definitely an impact player, which, you know, he's, he's a brilliant addition. And to say he replaced Murray's um, last season when he. Sorry, the other way around. When Moraes replaced him, to then have both of them back this season is uh, is brilliant because obviously both wide men, two separate wings, but we could probably switch over. Um, and they're just attacking wide men really, who hopefully will uh, help Medine and Alfie get a lot of goals this season, mm. if not themselves. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, uh, Eddie? Um, I mean, if he can recapture the form he had last season um, in League One, I'm sure he'd be great. But, you know, time at Cardiff and Middlesbrough didn't go exactly to plan in the Championship. So I'd, I'm I'm optimistic he can make an impact, but I, whether or not he can keep the form he had last season. Mm-hmm. I think, as he kind of made clear in his interview after rejoining the club, I think he really does kind of 
like Pags and he certainly owes something to him because as we said I, oh I can't remember I think I was saying this to someone um, the other day like if it wasn't for Parkinson who would have signed Amiobi after being released like no one knew at night no one knows that he can actually do out he's not proved anything apart from his brief spell with us and if he didn't come here and have that good turn of form perhaps the first in his career and a kind of consistent level he probably wouldn't have had a club at this point or at least not a good one he'd probably be playing for Dundee or something but thankfully he got a move and he's kind of I can see him pulling his socks up a bit and actually working here because you know I feel like he might owe the manager something and as we said he was really good during his time here um, hopefully without Clough he can kind of rekindle that what do you reckon Chris? Mm, I, I don't disagree with either of the lads to be honest and, and you know I'm, I'm glad he's here don't get me wrong I'd rather have him than not my only concern is about what we can expect and it's not necessarily trying to poo-poo the signing it's just more that I find it hard sometimes in football while we we expect different things to happen from time to time you know like as a broad broad strokes I've seen a few people this season saying oh yeah we are so and so will set the bullets for Medine to fire home well I find it hard and this goes for a lot of players in our team not just him to, to put away the memories of the season before and of his, of his career in the championship for example so my only drawback with Amiobi is, you know, the fact he's 25. He's only played ever so slightly over 100 games in his career, and I wonder whether we're putting all our eggs in in one basket, so to speak, because he is an impact player, no doubt about it, and a very, very talented one. But I also thought at times last season that he looked his best when we were coasting in games, and I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're going to coast in many games this season. We need someone who can who can roll the sleeves up. And I think someone like Marais is, is that sort of guy. You know, he will, he will do the hard work as well as the, the glamorous stuff, even though we've got his own, you know, there are questions about his own pedigree in the championship. But I have, I'd absolutely rather have him than not, most definitely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play because he is, he's really, really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we need bodies in the squad and whether it's as an impact player, whether it's as a starter or what, I don't know. Um, but, you know, better to have it than have him than not. Most definitely. So I'll, I'll see what happens. Of course it is. Of course it is. I would much rather that the entire team from last year would have got one-year deals, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I know they've had it. There's exceptions where they've given two-year contracts to one or two players, which I find a bit risky. But uh, it must be cheap, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, a signing that broke today kind of came out of nowhere last night. And I was just checking my phone this morning. I was like, oh, we're signing this guy. I think... It might only be till January, but I do think the club... Ha- and as we talked about last week, Chris, they are, the Andersons, despite whatever we may think of them, they are quite savvy in the uh, in the transfer market. And they've, I think they've pulled a really good under the bag here. They've signed Adam Armstrong on loan from Newcastle. He obviously played for Coventry. and I think he was really good at Coventry and obviously only in League One, but um, he made a step up to Barnsley last year where I was talking to a Newcastle fan. He apparently got fucked around a little bit from Barnsley even after they sold all their best players. So maybe not the best uh, to judge him on his championships by last year, but um, a really good signing, I think, Eddie. Yeah, really, really, really good signing. I've got a friend who's a Newcastle fan, and they still rate him uh, very highly up there. But he needs still a little bit of uh, time playing con- consistently, which is why he's come to Bolton. Uh, I mean, he was in the League One team of the year two years ago. Yeah, scoring 20 goals for Coventry, which is astounding, really, considering the mess they're in. And, I mean, if you really want to know what he's like, watch the clip uh, of his debut goal um, for Barnsley last season against Preston. A ball gets played over the top, and he's, like, in the middle of the pitch. He runs 
60 yards maybe, beats Alex Baptiste, which isn't really a hard feat to do, but he still did it. Backheeled it behind him and into the box and then ran around him and curled it into the top left-hand corner. It's just a, a really special goal, and if he can carry on scoring goals like that consistently for us, it'll be sensational. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a promising one. I think it's kind of kind of cool for us to sign a, a striker who I imagine was highly sought after. Uh, it makes me think that maybe we've kind of after Newcastle saw what we did with Amiobi last year, obviously they took him back for the latter half of the season, never really gave him a chance, but they were obviously impressed at his improvement. And maybe they've seen what we did with Amiobi, kind of rejuvenated him, giving him game time. And... Uh, Kind of want the same for Armstrong with a player they clearly think highly of, Will. Uh, yeah, I've got a really good feeling about the signing of Armstrong, to be honest. He just looks like a, a brilliant little stocky player, really. Um, hopefully he can be like the next Clough, dare I say it. But, um, you know, even though it's till January, I can probably see his keeping him on, providing he does well. And I think from a Newcastle uh, perspective well, as well. Not too well. Not too well. Mm. From a Newcastle perspective as well, I think they'll like it as well because it gives him it gives him game time, and I think they probably want him. They do probably want to see him succeed as well. Um, and given the fact that Newcastle probably trust us with these sort of players, mm-hmm. hopefully we can keep that sort of relationship going with them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Chris, is it not a worry that we're probably only going to be playing one striker for the majority of this season? That striker will probably be the big lump. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like you said earlier on, it's a it's a squad game, isn't it? We've got to get bodies in, and mm-hmm. um, I remember back when Lee Anderson was our friend, and we went to me and Liam went to the little meeting we had with Ken. Mm-hmm. They, they did say that their their transfer model next season, should they get promoted, would be to sign you know the youth team players of of Premier League sides. So I'm I think this is a really interesting sign. I don't really know a lot about. It. I've only seen the clips like uh, like our friend Eddie said just mom, a moment ago. Um, so what we're going to get. I don't really know. I think his, his time at Barnsley was a bit hit and miss, but like you said as well, Dan, I put that down to maybe the team as opposed to him. But he scored a lot of goals at youth level. He scored a lot of goals for England at various levels as well. So he's clearly got something about him. Um, and we need finishers, don't we? You know, if it's, even if he can just come on Klasnitz style and, and play 10 or 15 minutes and just sneak one, then he'll be paid for his, uh, his own transfer fee You know, many, many times over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Whether he'll play up front with someone or just be sort of first reserve for... Yeah, or wide, he's quick, first reserve for LaFondra perhaps, that sort of thing. You know, I think that's maybe what we can expect, at least in, in the early stages of the season while he finds his feet. I do think what's kind of really promising, though, despite how low on funds we have and our lowly position, we have got two strikers now are proven goal scorers, at least to some degree. LaFondra, we wouldn't, if he, we'd have had to have paid, for a player of his kind of calibre and uh, past history I guess to sign him for actual money would have cost at least a few million I would have thought and you know Armstrong obviously a young lad with pedigree we've got two players here who could potentially get us I'd say maybe eight eight goals apiece depending on how things go and if they're on top form I'd say the bare minimum from what we can expect of their kind of quality they've shown previously like that is massive for us because what we're going to need apart from kind of some defensive guile is fucking goal scorers and to get two like that for for relatively fuck all money it's quite a massive stroke from the Andersons it has to be said yeah most definitely it's one of them into where this embargo is in place and it's been in place for a long time but they seem to find ways around it and so yeah no matter what we think about the way they conduct other parts of business or, or themselves etc you know it's 
don't really care about that too much, to be honest, as long as the, the football club is benefiting one way or the other. Quite happy to bend the rules and we'll let other clubs whinge about how we do it. We'll just sit back and uh, mm-hmm. just bring a few players in. Some will work, some won't. You know, it's the Simeon Slavchev kind of uh, partnership in it that we're going to get have going. We'll see what happens. Absolutely, and at least it's a bit of optimism for once. Mm. Um, we're also linked, you know, constantly linked with new signings. Some weird site links to Victor Valdez, and somehow I do not see that happening. Mm. I'm surprised it even got a mention on the show. But a few that seem a bit more realistic is um, we're getting linked constantly with a lens or lens striker who is all only known for being a duck thrower. So Eddie, why don't you fill us in? <laughs> Yeah, uh, 30-year-old, I'm, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but Habib Habubu, which sounds like a bag of Haribo, but he's, he's 30 years old, and he's played uh, most of his time in Belgium and France, um, and, and he's not really got a great goal record. He's got about a, a one in four, maybe, mm-hmm. and he, he's not really proven it. And I mean, he scored six in 13 for Lons, in, but that was in the French second division last season which is probably like League 1, League 2 standard maybe, um, which isn't great. And yeah, I mean, he was is at Leeds four years ago, and if you look on their timeline, they're laughing at us because we're linked with him, uh, because he played four times and he didn't score, so he must have been dreadful. And yeah, he's, as you said, he's most well-known for uh, lobbing a duck off a football pitch. Which... <laughs> it's not just lobbing a duck. We have to, this, is like, <laughs> this is the only thing I've seen of him, and we must analyse it in great detail. He picked up this duck, somehow made on the pitch, and I'd love to know the story of that, but he picks up this duck, like kind of either by the rough of the neck or like the arse, and he throws it over arm, just fucking pelts it down on the floor when there's a steward coming over to collect said duck, and it's just hilarious. Have, have we all seen it, Will? So good. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Obviously, it's the only thing I've seen of him as well. So it, it's just difficult for us to be linked with someone who's famous for just that. I mean, uh, alone, I want us to sign him. Yeah, yeah, oh, he wouldn't. Exactly, exactly. And also, and I'm sure this one really excites you, Chris. Uh, we're probably being linked with Steve Bruce, obviously of, of fame for being released by Hull without tell, being told about it recently. Uh, Big Steve, what do we think? Uh, I'd be quite happy with Steve Bruce, to be honest. Um, maybe more so than if he were to sign his son, for example. But I'm just being a bit sarcastic with you, to be honest. Um, Alex Bruce, oh, one of those shit, players, yeah. isn't he? God's it's God. all right. It's all right. One of those, one of those players who, you know, he's probably got a very nice car, very nice house, lots of nice things, um, and nobody can really remember much about his football career at all, apart from the fact that his dad is relatively well known. So, yeah, rumour has it that Alex Bruce will be signing for the club tomorrow. Um, it's a very very much a sort of squad filler kind of signing, that, isn't it? I don't so think anyone's going to be... I mean, yeah, which, you know, it's, it's fine. I can I can understand it in, in a, you know, Andy O'Brien sort of way. Um, mm. But I don't think anyone's going to be rushing out getting a Alex Bruce shirt, anyway, put it that way. Mm, I guess Steve Bruce ones, though. Uh, what do we think? Maybe. What do you think about Brucey? Um, I, I've not really seen him play too much, and I've, I've, I, obviously I can't rate him based on that. But um, I think he's quite—he's quite a veteran defender, from what I understand. And you know, he, he might be a decent backup. You know, with Davey as a centre back. Um, but other than that, you know, it, like Chris said, it does seem like a bit of a squad filler. Mm. Um, can't really see him being a main feature, and. Yeah. Strikes me as kind of a nice Paddy McCarthy type. Kind of yeah. old vet. Plug a gap if needed. Probably mm. get injured by doing it because he's 
fucking legs are fucked, but hey-ho, hey-ho. Um, on to some, um, some departures. Now, one we didn't talk about last week because I completely forgot about it, which says all you need to know, really, is that Max Clayton has left the club after his injury-ridden time here, you know, three or four years, most of them fucking ragged by horror, horrible ligament injuries. He's gone to Blackpool as a free agent. Um, Eddie, what do we what do we think? It's kind of sad to see his career kind of do go to such lows. Yeah, it's, it's sad to see that he showed a lot of promise early on, and, and there was a lot of teams vying for him anyway when we got him from Crew. Mm-hmm. But he, he, I mean, he scored that goal against Wigan, and you know he got into the team, and people thought he was going to be a, a mainstay, and then he got badly injured, and it's just been a roller coaster of ups and downs and really bad injuries, and it's, it's, a, it's a shame really to see him leave Bolton but it's probably the best thing because we can't afford to keep players who, with these injury problems like we have done in the past yeah. so for him to move to Blackpool uh, hopefully stay fit and you know I'd like to stay and see him do well in his career I, you know I don't think any Bolton fan wouldn't begrudge him in career now Absolutely. but yeah yeah, I'm very happy he did manage to get another goal for the club before he left he obviously came back against Coventry and scored an equaliser in that game and a goal that mattered so I'm happy he got like a last moment on the pitch for us again. But I think he's, you know, kind of his time passed him by here a little bit. He could never break into a team when he was back because he just didn't fit anywhere. Obviously, he was never really fit enough. And um, kind of a little bit rusty all the while, Will. Yeah, um, he, he, he did struggle, really. I mean, a lot of people know that I he's actually, he was my favourite player at the club. Oh, yeah. um, he's... When it when he scored against Wigan, you know, he immediately took me out. I just thought he's going to be brilliant. You know, he used to be England under twenty one international. I think, you know, I, ju- I just thought he was going to show a lot of promise. And but obviously, his lack of game time and injuries and what have you just meant that his time didn't really work out at the club. Sadly, um, I was there at Coventry. You know, when he scored that goal, and I thought, here we go again. You know, he's going to be back. Everyone's going to love him. And uh, yeah, but I think the move to Blackpool probably suited him, and he needed it. And I, again, I don't think he was ever hated by anyone at the club, so I think everyone will send him the best wishes, you know. But um, yeah, one that's kind of had to move on as a result of us not being able to carry anyone really. What do you reckon, Chris? Well, a couple of different things really. I know you said about being afford being able to afford to carry people. He's one of the lowest earners in the squad, so I'm not sure it's necessarily a, a, you know affording in a financial sense. Maybe well, affording in a quad squad places, though, isn't it under the embargo? Well, exactly, yeah. So you know, maybe you know carrying him in a in a squad sense is probably the better way of interpreting it. Um, and whilst Jeff, yeah, you know, fair enough, that goal against Wigan was really good, and he showed flashes from time to time. He never really struck me as someone that that was particularly you know dominant at anything. It's one of those utility players who could play quite a few positions, and I think that hurt him a little bit, you could never really say that he was a centre forward or you could never really say that he was a, a winger or a midfielder or anything like that and he got shunted around a bit, I bet he didn't play about you know 30 odd games for us his entire career at Bolton so it's hard to really be that disappointed that he's left because we didn't really see the best of him um, but yeah, as was one of the lads said then, you know, no no question, everyone wishes him well and hopefully he can stay fit and, and show what he's got and, and at a better stage in Blackpool when he starts to redeem himself, which I've, uh, I fully hope he will Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's hope so, because no, we don't want to see any player go through horrible injuries, and he seems like a lovely lad, and all the best to him. Another departure we had, and this one caused a bit of a stir on Twitter, Chris. Alex Samizade, the fucking <coughs> the prodigy, has gone mm. to Kilmarnock 
permanently on a, on a well, I, pres- I don't know, I doubt we got any money for him somewhere. I, I doubt he's a free it. Agent. Um, I doubt it as well. That, and fair play to him, he, well, he wanted to not remain as a scholar, which I think is what the club offered him. And because we can't offer um, you know professional contracts to players at the minute that often, because that means it fills up a embargo squad place, and thus he went to Kilmarnock yeah. to be a professional, and can't knock him for that. Hopefully yeah. he gets some no, game time, but... He's gone, no, is it? Uh, one will miss or one will never hear of again, like a certain. James yeah, he's got. Uh, from what I, from what I know, he's got you know a fairly high opinion of his own ability, which is you know which is fine, absolutely fine to be to have that sort of self belief and arrogance and so on as a footballer and a very pushy parent as well. In, in his dad trying to get him contracts here, there, and everywhere. There was talk at one point. Remember when he first burst on the scene that Everton and Liverpool were, were going to offer him a trial? Yeah, I don't think definitely had a trial passed. with him. But only Derby, yeah, Derby and Ipswich apparently were the, were the, the two sort of main main teams involved. Um, again, I heart back to when, I, when we met Ken Anderson, and he was at, his name was brought up by um, I can't remember who it was now. It was someone from either Burnley Aces or Trotters blog asked about him, um, and they both kind of smirked a little bit. You know, I said, "Oh yeah, I thought he'd ask about him." I think I wrote a piece for the website the day he left about how the internet made him a star, and I think that's true. I think that that hamstrung him a little bit because. Himself and the club were so quick to post video of goal after goal after goal that it, it built him up into more than he ever he possibly ever could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jamie Thomas never never quite had that. He was just before the that sort of era, I think, a little bit. Um, and so Sammy Zada could never really live up to the the hype and the billing. And it's Bolton fans have always been the same. You know, the less a player plays, the better he becomes. Um, yeah, and I all started back with Andranic Timorian back in the day when he, he only played with us every now and then but seemed to do quite well from time to time. So naturally, he's one of the best players we ever had. Um, I don't think we'll miss Sammy Zadar or, or we'll necessarily uh, reject, uh, reflect on his departure with sadness in two or three years' time. But same as Clayton, you know, if that, that's the, the sort of level he wants to play at. I hope he thrives. I'll certainly be keeping an eye out for him and seeing how he gets on. Mm-hmm. Are you sad to see him go, Will? Yeah, I mean, he's one who I think everybody hoped would would come good at one point. You know, we'd break into the first team. But again, you know, the the limits that we've got with the league, you know, has kind of stopped him from doing that. And fair enough, if he didn't want to remain as a scholar, then good luck to him, you know, as a professional and everything. And like you said, and like Chris said last week, it's very Jamie Thomas. But I hope that we do see more of him, obviously does. A couple of viral clips that went round, you know, of him with those... You know, amazing skills, you know, and a couple of brilliant goals too. Um, yeah, I think we're going to miss him. I think even the manager perhaps would have preferred to, to learn him out because I remember Mark Howell saying that it wasn't what we wanted. I think that was the, the direct quote. But, um, you know, all, all the best to him really. But I would have liked him to stay, if I'm honest, and then see where he could have gone. But anyway. I, I took the quote slightly differently than that. In I thought they were referring to the sort of player that Sammy Zaddy is when he, he wasn't what they wanted. In you know, in terms of the player that he likes to have up front or type of player right. he wants in his wants in his squad. I mean, that, that's just my interpretation. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was him saying that it, it, they didn't want to sell him, but um, I, 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 could, I, I could be mistaken. It's sure. on to debate. It's on to debate. But yeah, do you think he'll ever reach his potential, Eddie? Uh, possibly, but I'm not going to lose any any sleep over him. Going to be honest, um, I think fans have a, a higher elevation of youth players because they want this youth player to be the you know to be the next best Bolton Wanderers player, like a 
Kevin Nolan or someone like that to come and thrive in the first team for years on end and most of the time it doesn't happen like that I, I mean I hope Sammy Zedi has a career and goes on and does it but I don't think it'll be at like the highest level I mean the, the SPL seems like a, a solid place to start and if he kicks on and starts scoring goals fair play to him mm-hmm. Uh, one big announcement we had this week is finally the reveal of the new kits. They're an inspiration from the 1997 kits. I think the significance of this quiz is, the, is that the white hot year. If I'm not mistaken. Well, well, I can't remember what year it was. Something. No, I'm pretty. It was different than that. I think it was much later than that. More like. The significance of these 97 kits then. Uh, the 97 kits. Rebook. Ah. Yeah. Prim- Premier League era um, when we brought the bright lights to the Reebok. Yeah, that was my interpretation with the v, the big deep V-neck collar and the oh, well, that makes sense. and the smart purple away kit that Nathan Blake scored that goal against Southampton in. So yeah, not you know as far as kits go, very nice. Uh, I don't think I'll be buying one though. Nah, not that. Not I can't wait. When they're a tenner at the end of the season, I'm going to snap that purple one right up because I think the purple one is gorgeous. Uh, Will, but I think the white ones. A bit crap. I think they overdid it with the triangle, and it looks to me it looks like. Remember when we had that train top of the style last year before we released the kits. It just looks like yeah. a, bit of a blue color in it. So I'm not a big fan of the home one, but the away mm-hmm. one's lovely, and I think it's a nice a bit of uh, bit of a change. Yeah, the the home one's a bit of a letdown with that triangle, as you say. Um, the purple ones, I oh I don't know. I'm still undecided on it. The 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 color's nice. The pinstripes, I'm not so sure. I think the problem um, with it is, the only issue is that it kind of goes, it's darker at the top than lighter at the bottom. I think it should have just been lighter yeah. all the way through it with pinstripes vertically. I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, minim- minimalist kits, um, you know, so I- I'm always going to say, you know, it's a bit over the top and stuff, you know, with the triangle and the stripes. But um, yeah, overall, not too bad. We could have had a lot worse. What do you reckon, Eddie? Yeah, they're all right. I think, like you said, Dan, I'm not too sure about the two-tone stripes on the away kit apart from that it's really nice the home kit um is a bit average um i think they overdid it with the triangle a little bit too much um so yeah mm-hmm. to end this podcast i think we've got to talk on after so much positivity it's going to be a bit of a bit of a downer as we delve away from the pitch and into the fucking courtrooms and the accounts and numbers and the boring shit but I think that's important to talk about and discuss. Holdsworth's uh, Sports Shield Company are in court, are were in court last Monday, I believe, and they were adjourned for 28 days, I think, and they were given a window of 28 days to start a repayment packages of the Blue Marble loan. And then there was something about this can't affect, it needs Football League approval so it doesn't affect our league standing, which God the fuck knows what that means. So, Still, kind of, despite all the kind of positive stuff that's happening in terms of signings and whatnot, Chris, um, still worrying with the blue marble debt that kind of looms over us, ominously mm. like the Green Reaper himself. Yeah, and and the, the sort of the publishing of the accounts um, within a day or so of that only added some more questions and some more fuel to the fire. Obviously, all just name is mud now, so that's going to be very very difficult for him to ever redeem himself in uh, in the eyes of Bolton fans and. Judging from what we understand about the Blue Marble deal, it's not difficult to understand why people are so are so miffed off with it. I mean, this loan at twenty at twenty four percent annually, and a one million pound bonus, which we we think has gone to himself, um, which the club could pretty much do with right about now, seems to have really put us in, in a sort of real terrible position. And no doubt, we can Anderson offering as little as he can for the Holdsworth shares in order to do that deal. 
Um, that's the key. That, you know, when we, what we think about the Andersons, it, it doesn't really matter. We've got to get this blue marble issue sorted because the loans that are, are, are levied against the stadium, um, the assets we've got, such as the hotel, I mean, playing staff, yeah, playing staff. I mean, that, that that comes and goes. You know, if you have to sell someone, then we've done it a million times before. But you don't want to be losing your, your land, um, and that's why I, I've been disappointed as well. To and I don't necessarily agree with his decision to try and lease and buy back the stadium. I think that's a risky endeavour. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be in favour of that, and that could be a time for the supporters' trust to step up and finally start earning their corn. Mm-hmm. Um, you were dead right in your first instance about the accounts being boring shit because Christ Almighty, oh, they are. can't wait for can't wait for the football to start. It's so dull. Well, With respect to it, purposely yeah. obtuse and confusing and boring, so fucking yeah. normal folk don't fucking troll for him and read all the shocking shit that's inside him. But there's other stuff like hundred k uh, kind of compensation packages to former chairman, a certain Richard mm-hmm. G. Make of that what you will. Um, Anderson's shares have gone up. He bought 10% more shares off, and, off Holdsworth. So he's kind of the sole kind of owner now, or like he's the majority owner now of the club. So Holdsworth's all but fucking nothing now. I imagine he has no say in what's going on. And I imagine, I don't even know, we've not heard from him at all. I don't think last time we heard from him really was when kind of Clough was sold and he kicked back against Anderson, kind of trying to ship him under the bus mm-hmm. for the sale of it. So, Does he even have a role now at the club? Well, last he he was director. Of, well, he's chairman, wasn't he? And then he mm. then he got moved to technical director of football or whatever. And he left mm. that after a month, and there's been nothing since. So I don't. I was doing an article about it recently for another place, like a massive kind of history of it, all, and it's like it's just like game of um get uh, game of cards, house of cards, and you can tell who's Frank Underwood and who's fucking poor <laughs> Gareth Walker getting manipulated into fucking oblivion but yeah it's a weird state of affairs and it's fucking bare confusing to get through but how we're feeling about it all Eddie Op- optimism pessimism uh, a little acceptance. bit of yeah acceptance is probably the right word I don't think there's, there's anything the fans can do about it it's just sit back and hope it all pans out mm-hmm. what do you think Will? yeah I haven't read into them too much but you know, just looking at the figures, obviously, it was never going to make amazing reading. Um, and, you know, mo- some people are worried more about it, but like Eddie said, there's not much the fans can do. you just got to trust that it'll get sorted over time and that we'll eventually get out of the sticky situation and focus 100% on football again. Mm-hmm. We can but hope. Now, unless there's anything else of Bolton Wanderers chat to discuss, lads? We did talk about saying... Congratulations oh, sorry, to Yuri Jorkiev and Vincent Candelar on winning the Star Sixes yesterday. Yeah, yeah. What a geezer Yuri is for his lovely little shout-out to us. On, I thought, oh, he's such... What a lovely... Oh, it kind of, it's a little more like that that it reminds you that, oh, yeah, we were a fucking good club back at day. We do mean a lot to some legendary players, and big Yuri's fucking killed it. What a guy. How the fuck is Mil- M- Miguel Sol- Sagado, whatever he's bloody called, the fucking top goal scorer that? Richard Sneaks was the best player when he did the uh, Premier Fives, was it, a few years ago? Mm. Didn't Sneaks play the fucking charity game last year? Yeah. Not sure, did. Not yeah, sure, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, we had eight former players, as um, was it either you or Tom, Eddie, I think, wrote yeah. an article about it. Like, we had lots of players involved, it was quite amusing to see them all, but who who else wanted to say something else? Obviously, another big congrats to Yori and Vinny, but um, who else wanted to say I'll... something? 
Oh, oh, did we speak about spearing last week? I can't remember if we spoke about spearing departing. Yeah, but you can say again yeah. if you'd wish. No, no, no. It's just I'm just about to say it's interesting that he's not found another club. You know, whether he's negotiating, I presume he is. Um, perhaps not dive. Yeah, not dive straight back into a new club anyway. But uh, we'll see where he ends up. There must be all offers of similar standing, I think. And if he, you know, if he was getting a club at, at this level, he probably would have. I can't. Why wouldn't someone go in? Last year, I, I don't think he'll better his wages anywhere. Hope, well, I hope he lands his feet. He did good for us in the last year. And, you know, crap for yeah. us mostly before that, but he's a good lad. Don't miss him any ill will. And best of luck to him. Um, yeah. So anything else, lads? Um, I was just going to say something on Parkinson. Actually, I mentioned it in the in the chat before. Um, I just think this season's going to be uh, a massive test just to see if Parkinson's actually up to the scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying, we've obviously got a very similar squad to what we did when we are in the Championship previously. And obviously, Neil Lennon failed massively with that. Um, and obviously, with one crack at it, it was hard to tell whether it was the players or the managers at fault for that. So I think now going back into the Championship with a similar squad and a different manager, um, I think we'll be able to see whether it, it is the players um, that are, the, are going to be the cause of it or whether Parkinson's going to be able to show that it can be done with the same players. First but of all, it certainly that. sounds like an article to me, uh, Will. So you best. Oh, I know. I'll have to get that. Yeah, I'll have to get on. Yeah. From me, for <laughs> Carl in the past year. But um, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I think he's in. A, he's in a fortress position a bit because if it does go tits up, he can easily just point at embargo and boardroom strife and horrible circumstances as an excuse mm-hmm. and kind of. Not get you know what I mean? Kind of that's his reason. It wasn't my fault. That was crap. Like how was I meant to compete when people are spending fifteen million on British Sambalonga and Ruben Neves and signing John Terry? What am I going to do? So he has, he can just kind of have a kind of safety net there. I think for his career in the whole. But yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely going to be a the biggest test of his career because I, I, I do think we're in a better position squad wise than we are than we were last mm. time. We got better. Obviously, we're missing cloth and hold. Well, we're holding. We didn't even know we had hold in this time two years ago, but you know, we're in. I still think we're in a kind of a better position. We have, I think we have more. Uh, we might have less players, but we don't have eighty million centre midfielders clogging up the fucking team anymore, like Trosser and Dans and shit. We, I think, we have more talented players, even of the most sparse. And I think, crucially, we have a system, or at least we have a bit of an identity. We know how we want to play. We're going to be defensive and kind of nice if we can, but. It's going to be a scrap, and I do think Parkinson is the manager who best suited. We have is the best suited for that scrap, as I've said, countless times. What do you reckon, Chris? Fully agree. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anyone else I'd rather have at this moment in time. We need somebody that can organise us and make us difficult to break down and difficult to beat. So yeah, fully fully back him, and uh, fingers crossed we have a better start to the season than the last couple of years we had in the championship. Mm-hmm. We can only hope. And Eddie, what do you reckon? Yeah, same as I agree with Chris. It's Parkinson put this squad together and he's he's the key man here really it's, um, he needs to carry on with the tactics he's been doing and the man management and if he can get a solid enough start you know we'll be fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's I, 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 I was a bit, on the last podcast I was a bit negative about our chances but after the last week on who we've signed and whatnot, a bit more positive a bit more positive and before we go as I say Bolton the kids the reserves I don't know who's left we might see Hall and Ryan and White and the likes. Ryan, I don't even know who that is. I made that up. Um, some of the lads who might not feature as much on Tuesdays friendly might play on Wednesday as Bolton, once again, on the annual trip, go down to Atherton Coles. It's a bit 
shit this year because it's on a Wednesday instead of a Saturday in the sunshine when everyone just gets pissed and it's like a 2,000 crowd but still be a good laugh get down there nice and early get your drink watch a good game of footy and uh, watch the Coles win so yeah please get down and support local non-league football but apart from that now we finally have nothing else to say so you should follow us all on Twitter I am at Mabroski Chris is at 19manning83 Will is at WillJones1 I think yeah yeah Will, Will J yeah Will J1 and Eddie where are you at is it just Eddie Skelly uh, yep Eddie Skelly and of course you can get us all on li- at Line of Vienna Steve and of course you can find us all at lineofviennasuite.com for all the writings and ramblings and news of Bolton Wanderers where there should be some interesting developments and announcements over the next few days and weeks so keep eyes thoroughly peeled but if there's nothing else to say lads it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye Chris goodbye Chris oh and don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Lanny Vienna Sweet instead. Thank you. There you go. Follow... Uh, fuck it, you missed me up there. Say goodbye, Eddie. <laughs> uh, goodbye, Eddie. And say goodbye, Will. Well done. Goodbye, Will. And it's goodbye <laughs> from me. Say goodbye.